Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan, Carolina 104, Western Carolina 61. 61 years or so since Carolina and Western played, and you can see why, Sherelle. It's one of those games that you won't, Carolina to accomplish some things you want Carolina to stay healthy if you're Roy Williams and I think they did that your overall take on the performance yeah this is one of those games where <laughs> we're doing this right after the game is in so we haven't seen what Roy Williams said uh, in the press conference but I'm fairly certain he'll say something about North Carolina being more gifted than Western Carolina that's kind of what he says in games like this I mean it's just you know, for for North Carolina, it really was just a practice, and that's no disrespect to Western Carolina, but as Roy, Roy Williams would say, they're just more gifted. So it's more about playing well, getting some confidence, and going into this 11-day break kind of feeling good about themselves, and I think they accomplished that. I, I was watching at the end there with all the threes they hit. I think they ended up hitting, what, 16 or so or something crazy, but thinking back to that Michigan State game where they hit one of 18, and that one was a end of half prayer. Carolina's really picked it up from there. Kenny Williams, three for four. But I think the big number to look at is Jalick Felton, four for four, five for eight overall for 15 points. So he's getting extended minutes because Seventh Woods is down. Um, but he's he's doing some good things. Not sure he's completely in the uh, penthouse of Roy Williams yet, but he, he certainly played well tonight, I thought. Yeah, it's funny. That's that's the second most three pointers made in a game in school history. So ties the most made under Roy Williams. The most was uh, seventeen back in I think nineteen ninety two. So it's quite a you know a performance from beyond the art for Carolina. Uh, yeah, Jalik, you know Carolina is going to need him uh, because with with seventh hurt, there's really no natural backup point guard other than Felton on the roster. You know, we've talked about it a lot of times over the last few years since that Kendall Marshall injury back in two thousand twelve. Roy Williams has vowed that he would always have three point guards on the roster. And with seventh out indefinitely, you know, all the backup minutes will pretty much go to Jalik. And over this stretch of games before they start ACC play, I think it's a really good chance for him to to really get in uh, Roy Williams' good graces because he hasn't always been this season a chance for him to really experience what college basketball is. He seems like a player who kind of the more he plays, the better he's going to get. And, you know, it's unfortunate what happened in the seventh, but the only positive to come out of it will be that, you know, Jalik will know the minutes he's going to get and he'll be in the game, he'll be engaged. And, you know, the skill is obvious. You saw it tonight. It's just a matter of fine-tuning, as Roy Williams said, and and, um, learning how to play in college. Yeah, he got – he looked comfortable for the first time, I thought, all year. Granted, it's Western Carolina, but he he was comfortable out there. And at 15 – uh, three rebounds, five assists, only two turns. I mean, like you said, he's clearly got the talent. Your take on that comfortableness, because I think early in the season at least, before seventh got hurt, he played a little, I don't want to say skittish, but uh, more cautious tonight. And he looked like he was having fun out there. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, to your point, like you said, it's Western Carolina, so it is a little easier to have fun because you're playing at someone that you're far superior um, then I think for Jalik, you know, one thing 
that's really important with Jalik is being engaged. And you hear Roy Williams talk about it over and over again. He doesn't say necessarily the word engaged. He, he might say he needs to play better defense. He needs to be more involved. But that's what these minutes are going to do for him. They're going to allow him to be in the flow of the game to kind of lose himself. Because, I mean, it's it's something we've seen throughout the years at North Carolina, really. Freshmen come in and North Carolina system – or Roy Williams expects so much from, you know, freshmen because he's going to play them no matter what, you know, <laughs> whoever you are, you're going to play in North Carolina as a freshman. And, and I think he's demonstrated that by playing Brandon Huffman some, by playing Playtech more than most people thought. But there's always this, uh, I, I guess to catch the cliche is uh, paralysis by analysis. And you often hear that from players in North Carolina's freshmen, especially point guards, and that they're just thinking about so much. I think Dewey talked about it on a podcast last week just they're thinking about so much they need to do the right thing and it, it kind of slows their natural tendencies on the court and then it takes a little while for those natural tendencies to mesh with you know thinking about what you're supposed to do at, at all times so for Jalik that's what these these next two weeks are before before ACC, ACC season starts is to kind of mesh those two things of doing everything that coach Williams wants and also letting his natural ch- talent shine let me ask you about, and we could talk about Luke May and Joel Berry and Kenny Williams and all those guys, and they certainly have put in another effort tonight. Joel Berry, three for 11, could be better. But let me ask you about the, the the three centers or three bigs for North Carolina. I think going into the season, if you told anybody that Carolina would get 15 to 18 points and 10 to 12 rebounds from that position every night, he would have been doggone happy Roy's words <laughs> maybe the words he would use but yeah. your take on how those guys have played thus far here we are 10 games in 10 games not a lot in the grand scheme but I think it's enough to get sort of a, a window into what to expect as we go forward yeah I mean it's almost a third of the season if you want to look at it that way you know say a team plays 34 or 35 games that's not far from being a third of the season so I think it's you can take stock, especially with this 11-day break. And I think that's what some of the podcasts are going to do over the next few days is just to kind of look at where North Carolina is now and where it's going to go. But uh, I, and I've, I think everybody has been surprised. I think the coaching staff, if they were honest with you, would probably tell you they're surprised a little bit because each of the guys is doing something pretty well. And the thought process, I, I think, coming into the season was if they can get collectively those three guys to do one thing well then that'd be great but there's one thing kind of that each guy is, is you know doing at a high level brandon huffman is very efficient from the field and he's blocking shots sterling manley is also very efficient from the field he's blocking shots he's grabbing rebounds garrison brooks is hustling everywhere he's finishing well through contact he's a starter he's playing good defense i think he's won the defensive player of the game award a few times so each of them has already found kind of a niche of how to get on the court and now it's just a matter of improving upon the other things that, you know, they might not do great at the moment. You know, for Huffman, it's going to be catching the ball and, you know, making a post move, not getting lost on defense. For Manley, it's going to be mostly his conditioning because everything else he does, it seems he's doing at a high level. For Brooks, he's going to be continuing to play strong, continue to work in the flow of the offense. And if you get an open look, be able to knock it down, you know, from – 13, 14 feet, be able to make a jump hook, that kind of thing. So I think everybody is pleasantly surprised. You know, I'm still 
cautious <laughs> because they've only played a couple of teams with big kind of nasty front lines. And granted, there's only a few teams in the entire country with big nasty front lines. But, you know, once ACC play starts, that's those things are not for the faint of heart. And I really want to see how they react, you know, to playing on Wednesday, then Saturday, then Monday against ACC caliber opponents. We talked with Ross and Greg uh, yesterday, I guess it was, about um, sort of surprises and what what has surprised you thus far this season. So I'm going to put you on the spot, post-game podcast, but we can go off the rails a little bit, given that it was a a 104-61 win for the Carolina. So your surprise, I'm going to do it the same way I did with Greg and Ross. The most surprising thing for you thus far, not named Luke May. And, And yes. We gave him plenty of props. He's been fantastic for North Carolina, 12-12 and 12 tonight with five assists, two turnovers, uh, and one steal. Just you know, another efficient effort. But not named Luke May, Sherelle, your biggest surprise thus far. Well, if I recall, you asked that question, and then Greg talked about Luke May for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I tried to do to uh, blunt that. But yeah. um, I'd have to go with his, his uh, roommate, um, his class of 2015 compadre Kenny Williams, because, you know, when you hear reports out during the summer, people are like, oh, Coach Williams is really, you know, he's heard good things about Kenny Williams and he's really excited about him. He loves the kid. And it's kind of like, well, you know, Kenny's been okay. He's played good defense, but he hasn't really scored. You know, he hasn't shown the ability to be a great passer or anything like that. Um, and then he comes out this year and he's shooting 50% from three. Um, he, you know, kind of catches fire for stretches and then just goes and plays good team ball and plays good defense and it's, you know, hustles and diving on the floor and doing everything. So he always had the reputation as a shooter entering his, you know, entering college, but he never kind of delivered on it. And now he's delivering on it. You know, he's what Roy Williams wanted him to be when he recruited him. And it just takes, you know, some kids, it takes a couple of years. I mean, it's the same guy who is a freshman. Had a you know started off I think it was zero for twelve from three for the season, and then finally in the ACC tournament hit his one three of the season. So two years ago, this same guy who's burning up the nets for Carolina made one three the entire season. Granted, it was you know with limited minutes, but I think just how far he's come on the offensive side. He's always been a good defender, and he's just a complete basketball player. And I, I think he's he's just surpassed anything I expected from him. It's, and he's so smooth when when he shoots. So, I mean, he, he reminds me, not the same form, but he's as smooth as, say, Donald Williams was back in 93, 92, 93. It just um, looks easy when it comes off his hands, doesn't it? Yeah, it just looks like it's going in right? pretty much every time. And what's interesting, Sherelle, is like this time last year, um, and even deep into the season last year, we were talking about a guy who had Carolina playing four on five on offense. Exactly. When yep. he was out there. So that, to me, that is the biggest surprise. Um, Luke May has been fantastic. But Kenny Williams, he, he's a he's the guy that can really change things for North Carolina against anybody. Luke May is going to have his issues against those big, nasty front lines like you talk about. Kenny Williams can get his against anybody. Um, something that you thought you might have seen thus far this season that you haven't sort of flipped the script for you. Something that I thought I would see this year, but I yeah. haven't this far. Yeah, like you expected something. I think for me, and it, and I'll give you my take, it, and it's unfortunate because he's injured, but I thought Seventh Woods would be better. Now now that he's out injured, it's, 
clear he's had some issues, but I, I thought for me going into the season, I thought that he would be the guy we're talking about instead of maybe Felton, instead of maybe Kenny Williams. Yeah, I, I, seven is one of them. I, I thought we'd see a little more of a um, <clears throat> Joel Berry who's looking to distribute simply because, you know, he's got to earn. And so I could be answering my own question here, but I think he probably felt like some of the players he needed to earn their trust. You know, he's so been so used to playing with Justin Jackson and Bryce Johnson and Marcus Page and Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks, all these great players that he knows exactly where they're going to give him. Whereas this year, you know, Kenny, he's played with him some, but he's more of an unknown. Luke May, he's seen what he can do, but he's also more of an unknown, maybe lesser so than Kenny, but still there was, I'm sure there was, a little bit there. So I expected him maybe to try to be a distributor to build up their confidence. But as it turned out, you know, they didn't really need any confidence building. So I, I thought I would see more of distributor uh, Joel during the, during the non-conference season. And then he would really ramp up his scoring once ACC season started. But that wasn't the case. So that, that was a little surprising. That's been a little surprising to me. Carolina wins 104-61. Sherell, 11-day break here, and then they'll play again a couple times, and you've got Christmas break. Tell me what you're doing on the recruiting trail. Just give us a little nugget of what to expect. We do this every time we talk. Thanksgiving's coming gone. Christmas holidays, Christmas tournaments are coming up. What's going on in that regard for Roy Williams and his staff? Yeah, so the kind of, the line is kind of the players get some time off and the coaches hit the road. So we haven't there, – there's some dates that we, we have tentative that we think they're going to be at, but nothing official. But they'll more than likely hit the road probably starting tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach Williams somewhere in the morning, you know, at a gym, watching a kid play an open gym or something like that. Uh, they'll have, you know, 11 days to do that. I'm not sure of the practice schedule. So they'll be in and out on the road. They have a lot of 2019 targets they want to look at. Obviously, 2018 for right now is down to Zion Williamson. So safe bet they'll either go down and see him, visit with him, or watch it, watch one of his games uh, for Spartanburg Day. Um, so that's kind of what's going to happen on the recruiting front. Lots of visits. Um, Coach Williams will get out and see some games. So he does it every year during the exam break. As far as players and everything, uh, there's a lot of holiday tournaments going on. We're going to – the weekly scoop will be up in the morning. So some of that information is in there, but the big ones around this area are the John Wall Invitational, which starts the day after Christmas, the Chick-fil-A Classic, which starts December 20th in Columbia, uh, the Beach Ball Classic, which I believe starts the 26th or the 27th down in Myrtle Beach, and then City of Palms um, down in Fort Myers, Florida, starts on the 16th or 17th. And uh, North Carolina's three signees, Kobe White, Nasir Little, and uh, Rayshon Leakey Black will be in a couple of those tournaments. And then a host of 2019 targets um, and even 2020 targets will be in some of those tournaments as well. We'll have all that up on the uh, weekly scoop tomorrow. Good stuff there. Uh, the John Wall Classic, I assume, is the, what used to be the Broughton Holiday Classic, then the Glaxo Tournament and whatever they've called it. So I think it was Broughton, then Glaxo, then I'm not sure what came after Glaxo, but then it went to High School T. And now it's John Wall. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, we used to go back in the day, and I remember seeing Ron Mercer. I mean, I throw out a name, and I'll give you some homework. Elujima Mann. He went to UCLA way back in the day. I saw him score 40-some. Saw Penny Hardaway, who was then Anthony Hardaway, scored 46 on Sean Bradley. 
Wow. Back in old Broughton's gym, Rodney Rogers and Sean L. Scott for St. John's. Man, bringing back some memories. I'm <laughs> reminiscing with myself. We used to well, go all the time. Well, you should go this year. You might see Kobe White score 40 or 50 because he'll yeah. be there. <laughs> well, one of the funniest stories is Penny Hardaway was going to Memphis, and it was well known. And one of the local schools, I'm not going to call a name, it wasn't Carolina State or Duke. Coach comes up to him. He's sitting in front of us in Broughton's gym and offers him a scholarship to one of the local schools and he was like yeah coach i appreciate it i think i'm, I'm think i'm good <laughs> <laughs> he just put up 46 and was one of the best guys in the nation it was one of those great old time days but anyway sherelle before we stop you know it's a funny story one of carolina's top 2019 targets james wiseman a post player from tennessee from memphis plays for pity hardaway so bringing it all about all the way back around i appreciate you making me feel old man. <laughs> It's, uh, it's always fun, Shrell. Great to talk to you. 104-61, Carolina wins. Goes to 9-1 and on the season. 11-day break before they head, I believe, to Tennessee. Weird scheduled game there, but Carolina has some break. The coaches will be on the recruiting trail. Shrell and I will get back together at some point in the near future. Thanks, ma'am. Yep, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.